the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Can you say hydroxychloroquine? <laughs> Hadn't heard that word much for a while. <clears throat> Not until uh, President Trump happened to mention it yesterday. Said that he had been taking one pill a day for a week or so. Now, it wouldn't be a surprise if he only said it to get the media fired up. If that was the reason he did it, it worked. Here's a montage from TV News, courtesy of Newsbusters. Good evening. It is great to have you with us here tonight as we begin another week together as America begins the slow and very challenging task of reopening. But it was the president who late today surprised reporters when he said he has been taking hydroxychloroquine for a week and a half. He said he asked a White House doctor who then approved it, and the president added it was preventative, that he has not been exposed to COVID-19. But of course, it led to immediate questions about why he's taking it with the FDA warning that no one should be taking the drug for coronavirus outside a hospital or clinical trial. President Trump says he is taking hydroxychloroquine. It's a commonly used anti-malaria drug that he's repeatedly promoted as a game changer for treating coronavirus. Just last month, the FDA warned doctors about the risks of using that drug on coronavirus patients, including serious heart problems, and said it had not been shown to be safe or effective. But tonight, the president appears to be brushing aside those concerns, saying it was his idea to take the drug, along with zinc, as a way to prevent catching the virus. Tonight, stunning news from President Trump, revealing he takes the anti-malaria drug hydroxychloroquine, a controversial medicine that Mr. Trump has touted as a potential treatment for coronavirus, despite limited evidence to back that up and research showing potentially dangerous side effects. The president saying he has taken one pill per day for the past week and a half. And while no one recommended he take the drug, Mr. Trump said he did consult with the White House doctor beforehand. Tonight, the FDA not commenting on President Trump ignoring its warning, but in the past has said since hydroxychloroquine is approved to treat other illnesses, the decision to use it for COVID-19 is really up to the patient and their doctor. White House officials, including the physician here, have not said anything beyond the president's remarks. Well, um, there's something you uh, probably won't get from any of the people you just heard. According to Jackson and Coker, that's a healthcare staffing company, they did a poll and it showed that 65% of doctors around the country uh, would prescribe it to a family member to treat or prevent COVID-19. So that kind of goes against what... Uh, Oh, I guess the alarm that was uh, rung, the alarm bell that was rung there by the uh, the media last night, and only eleven percent said they wouldn't use it at all. Now, if you saw a lot of the media reports last night, you you noticed that they were just uh, shocked that the president would even mention the name of that drug ever again, uh, because it was dangerous, and uh, doctors everywhere were saying that you shouldn't take it, and he was irresponsible, and blah blah blah. 65% said they would prescribe it to a family member uh, to treat or prevent COVID-19, and 11% said they wouldn't use it at all. When we come back, we will talk to Trump 2020 Communications Director Tim Murtaugh about that and a lot of other things, maybe some things a little bit more important than that. Coming up at uh, 5.30, also a new story about how the Treasury Department may have been spying on Michael Flynn. Stick around. Well, we're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. This is John Stoggerwald with some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. 
Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. For a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. The coronavirus pandemic has caused a lot of chaos lately. But something good that's come from it all is that Americans are waking up to the fact that we make too many things overseas and are reliant on China and other nations for the products that we need most. Enough is enough. Authentically American is a veteran-owned, patriotic, made-in-USA apparel company. They produce the highest quality apparel you can find, and it's all American-made. While other companies are waiting for their supplies to come in from Asia, Authentically American is still going strong, putting our neighbors to work every day. They also give 10% of every purchase to charities that support our veterans and their families. Use code SALEMPITTSBURGH to get 10% off your entire purchase. Don't spend one more dime on products made overseas. If every American spent an extra $3.33 on U.S.-made goods, it would create almost 10,000 new jobs in this country. Shop at AuthenticallyAmerican.us and use promo code SALEMPITTSBURGH to take 10% off your entire purchase. That's promo code SALEMPITTSBURGH. Where is yours made? It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorka here inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and fate will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit SebGorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's SebGorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. I'm Andy Solomon. 5G is here. It's the next generation of wireless network technology, and T-Mobile has the first and only nationwide 5G network. And unlike other wireless providers, T-Mobile is giving 5G access at no extra cost. Tech expert Andrea Smith. If you're looking to upgrade to a 5G phone, the new Samsung Galaxy S20 flagship devices are here. The S20 Plus and the S20 Ultra are the first smartphones in the U.S. that tap into the full potential of 5G. They're available today at T-Mobile with amazing deals. These deals are for everyone, even businesses. Get up to half off the latest Samsung Galaxy smartphones via bill credits with an eligible trade-in or snag a BOGO offer with bill credits when adding a line. And only T-Mobile includes 5G in all of its plans. That means anyone can get two lines starting at just $90 a month plus tax for T-Mobile Essentials with 5G included. For more information, visit T-Mobile.com. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the AM1250 Discount Shopping Club. In our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. Discount deals just in time for birthdays, special occasions, or just because. And all from the comfort of your own computer or smartphone. Great deals and awesome savings. Log on now to TheAnswerPGH.com. Keyword shopping. How many sales are you missing because you're not effectively using social media marketing? The vast majority of the population is on social media, shopping. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to SalemSurround.com. Connecting you with new customers. The John Stagger Wall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. As you heard in the open, the president got the media all fired up yesterday by mentioning that he's been taking hydroxychloroquine. You would have thought he had said he uh, decided to drink a glass of Clorox every day. Well, Tim Murtaugh is the communications director for the Trump 2020 campaign, so he deals with the media every day. He's also here every Tuesday at 515. Tim, thanks for being on again. How are you doing? Sure. Doing well, John. How about yourself? Good, good. So um, 
What's the reaction at the White House to the hysteria caused by the news that the president <laughs> has been popping pills again? Well, it's funny. I was, I was just talking to Kaylee McEnany, the White House press secretary, today. And, you know, yeah. I think it's, uh, it's just a predictable reaction. You know, I mean, the, the news media is practically programmed to just in a knee-jerk fashion oppose everything that the president does or says. You know, if he mm -hmm. says up, they, of course, say down. And mm -hmm. so he has, you know, been talking optimistically about this drug for uh, some time now. And the media is, of course, because Trump is, is for it or is, or is optimistic about it, they have to be against it. And mm -hmm. so when he, when he says that uh, he's taking it and has been for a couple of weeks, I guess, uh, their, their reaction is predictable. And, you know, they're, they're, they're just apoplectic. And if it wasn't this, it would be something else. They're so they're so predictable, and and so you know it's a, it's another shiny object in their minds for them to chase, and you know whatever that the heat that that won't let uh, they won't distract him from the business of uh, running the country and uh, combating this virus. Yeah, and he uh, it is a th an everyday thing. And, and by the way, you didn't hear because uh, you weren't uh, hadn't joined yet. But uh, in the open, I mentioned that uh, there was a survey done by uh, a health um, a healthcare uh, staffing company that does a lot of polls and uh, they said that 65% uh, yeah 65% of the doctors in the country would and and this is the question they ask of people of doctors to make to, to really get how they feel about a certain drug or a certain issue and they asked uh, the doctors if they would prescribe hydroxychloroquine to um a family member who for to either uh, prevent the, the disease or to treat it, and 65% said yes, and 11 only 11% said that they would never prescribe the drug. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I have a feeling, uh, Tim, that that won't show up on the media anywhere soon. Uh, maybe on <laughs> no, Fox. Because, but... Yeah, yeah, it, it wouldn't because it runs counter to what they believe. But yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, you make a good point there. I'm glad you mentioned the doctors and prescribing. And the president yeah. said it himself, and he has said it over and over again. It is very, very important that people, if they are considering uh, taking any kind of medication for the coronavirus or anything else for that matter, absolutely they have to consult with a physician and get a prescription for it. This yeah. is not something that people can just take into their own hands, and no one should get that idea. And the president, of course, is under constant care from the White House physician and is being mm -hmm. very careful about it. Well, if listening to the media, you would have thought that they 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 thought that some guy showed up at the back door of the White House, you know, and whispers. Yeah. And he answered, the, "Hey, I got something for you here. This will fix you up." <laughs> and you know, and yeah. he bought it. He bought a few pills from him. They have they have a really a, an insane way of of uh, going about things. And I will say, I would point out that it's the hysteria even uh, has caused carping between media outlets. Here you had mm -hmm. Fox the other day. In one show, they were talking about they were talking against hydro, hydroxychloroquine, yeah. and then later in the day, Fox was had some people on there speaking in support of it. And they mm -hmm. had a, one of the media critics on CNN tweeting yesterday saying, "Look at Fox over there; they can't even get their story straight." Right? So, I saw that. What does, I don't. Yeah. So I don't think that that tweet made the point that the guy thinks it made. What it says well, to me is that dissent at CNN is not tolerated. Opposing points of view are not right. tolerated at CNN. Pointing at Fox where they're actually having an open debate about things, well, that's bad. So it just shows you the worldview of most that of was my That was my exact reaction when I saw it, and it's it also an indication that uh, so many people uh, who criticize the media and, and analyze the media – it's amazing that they are not aware of the difference between a news show and a an opinion show. So if you have a host who's spewing opinions for 60 minutes for one hour and then a second host who's also spewing opinions, why would anybody be surprised that every once in a while that they have disagreements? You know, it's just insane. Yeah, exactly. Except at CNN, that is to be expected that people have uniform opinions. And right. guess which way they always run? Of course, the uniform right. opinion at CNN is that Trump is bad and everything he does is bad. And why could anyone ever disagree? That's the way CNN views the world. You know, I bet you the guy who tweeted that has never met a Republican in his life. Yeah. So, so what's the uh, what was the what's the reaction? Do you think around the water cooler at the White House to Nancy Pelosi's uh, comments yesterday? Oh, you know, Nancy Pelosi is just a, a partisan. That's all she is. She's just openly, nakedly partisan. And, uh, you know, like we say about Joe Biden 
old Nancy has lost her fastball too. You know, she's she's not as, as sharp as she once was. And right. uh, no, I don't think any I don't think anybody cares one way or the other what what she has to say. So, what's the dynamic uh, right now between the president and the governors? Mostly, uh, if not all, Democrats uh, who seem to be moving more slowly than he would seem to like to open things up here. Well, I think the, the, the president is really of the view. He's a very optimistic guy, and uh, he sees light at the end of the tunnel. He's been saying that for some time, and he wants to get the country open again. And I think we're seeing a lot of success in some of the states, but Florida most notably, uh, in, in uh, going and getting the economy going again um, with, with uh, great success. And so, uh, you know, he knows that not every state is under the same circumstances, and not every place within a state is under the same circumstances other places inside the same state. But um, he does. I think he's got reason to believe that a lot of these Democrat governors are dragging their feet and slow rolling the reopening of the economy really simply. It's the same way the media reacts to him, simply because the president is saying, come on, let's go. Democrat governors may have the tendency to say, well, you know, let's let's uh, let's take it easy here. So, you know, I think I think he has some frustration with them. And um, there are some guidelines that the CDC has put in place, federal guidelines and states uh, should be adhering to that. But, you know, the president means business. We've got to get going again. You can't you no one can look around at this economy and see what's happening right now and think, you know what, this is okay. We can do this indefinitely. No, we have to reopen. And the president knows that. And the media, again, you're the, we're talking to Tim Murtaugh. He's the communications director for the Trump 2020 campaign. The media, again, has a default. They have a default uh, position of um, uh, getting, uh, uh, showing concern, and if not fear, anytime anybody suggests that this, this shouldn't drag on for another six months. I mean, anybody who they're, – they're so outraged if anybody goes against uh, uh, some governor's executive order and opens anyway. There's no uh, – they just have no um, uh, faith whatsoever in the people making their own decision. No, they don't. And, they, and they're going to start – the governors are going to start feeling pressure. And they, I know they are already. It's very visible. Starting to feel pressure from their own people. And so while a lot of folks may say, well, it's the governors in charge of these states, I, I think it goes a step beyond the governors. It goes to the people in these states. You know, I saw the, the images from New Jersey where there was a gym that had reopened, and there were hundreds of people outside. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of people. You know, I guess <clears> – <throat> I don't know if they call that civil disobedience or what, but – I guess it would be classified as that, but it was almost a celebration of freedom, really. And saying, mm-hmm. look, this is America, and, and you know, we can't, we, we weren't built to stay locked up like this for three months as an entire society. It's crazy, crazy. So the president, look, the president cares very much about the health and safety of Americans. That's what he's been, that's what he's been taking care of uh, all this time. But he also knows that the economy has to move again, and he wants to do it safely. But there are places and there are ways where you can gradually start to reopen now. And places are already experiencing that with success. Well, we're talking to Tim Murtaugh. In case you didn't know, Tim's grandfather is Danny Murtaugh. And his dad, uh, Tim, was also a a minor league manager and managed the Pirates AAA team. And I worked with him for a while. and that was a long time ago. But um, It was, John. I'm sorry to say it was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, a long time ago. But here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought when I – I just thought of this now, actually, because I was thinking about you know opening the country up. And I've been saying that I wish the sports – one of the sports leagues would, uh, I don't know, move a little quicker and, and say that they're going to open up and not be as ridiculous about it as they have been. I'm just, it just occurred to me. Uh, I wonder what your dad or your grandfather would have thought about the the plan that baseball has with guys washing their hands after every half inning, um, changing a baseball after every ball in play. What were some of the other things? I I wrote a column about it this week, and it's just um, the the um, the paranoia and the and the fear that is still out there for this disease. I just don't think it's warranted. I know that's not your department, but. I mean, wouldn't it be good if 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 the if uh, one of the sports leagues would say, "Yeah, we're going to open up, and you know, our players are going to be fine," uh, instead of just being part of the part of the, this whole uh, act that's going on right now, where everybody's supposed to be terrified. Well, you know, the president is, has all, <clears throat> every step of the way has been guided by the science and the medical experts on this, and so he wants to proceed when it is safe. I don't want anybody, anybody being reckless about it. But he does think, well, look, pro sports and college sports are, are a very big part 
of the American community, the American society. You know, I know it would be great if the pirates would get playing again in Pittsburgh. It's good for the local economy as well, not just the psyche of the people in the area, but it's good for the local economy too. And so all of that is very important. Uh, he's been talking to the executives from all the different professional leagues, and I know he called into uh, a golf broadcast uh, the other day over the weekend on NBC to talk to that, and he, he really, really wants it to get going again. But I hadn't heard that about Britain using a new ball for any pitch. I think. Oh, yeah, you got to check it out. Pitchers would be against, wouldn't pitchers be against that? They love a scuffed-up ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but the, but uh, um, if, they, if they're going to do that for baseball, they, they talked about all the players not on the field would have to wear a mask, no spitting, mm-hmm. no high fives, uh, a new baseball every time one is put in play. And it, it actually said, like, if there's a, if there's a, a ball that's out of play, Let's say there's a guy on first base and a, and a ball is hit foul on the first base side, and the first baseman goes over to fuel it and then you know sees it's foul and lets it go. They, the, they, the advice is to move quickly away from the base runner. And, and keep in mind, Tim, that the percentage of, of 18 to 49-year-old people who are hospitalized with the coronavirus is 0.01%. That covers pretty much everybody on the baseball field. So, anyway, that's yeah. uh, that's another story. But I mean, you know, you want people to take precautions, but I think you know, I think you're right. At a certain point, it, it begins to become absurd, and then you know, you really can't play the game. You know, I think yeah. that there, people have to be safe, and, it, and it's got it's got to be an atmosphere where nobody's being reckless. But there, right. there, we we've got to get moving again, and that, and that includes sports, and that includes baseball. I would note though that at this moment. The Pirates are still tied for first place. That's right, they are. Haven't lost a game. Yeah. Uh, so I've uh, got a couple minutes left here. I was actually dumb enough to believe that uh, after the declassified material came out last week, the media might come around to seeing that there was a plot against the uh, against uh, the president. But other than Fox, I think the reaction from major TV news outlets was, you know, no big deal. Uh, were you or anybody with the campaign even a little surprised by the media's reaction? The non-Fox TV media, let's stick with that. Well, I, w- I wouldn't say surprised. I'd, I'd say disappointed, but not surprised. Mm-hmm. Look, we know. Look how invested the national media was in the Russia collusion hoax in the first place for two yeah. entire years. We maybe a lot of people in the news media have forgotten this, but we have not. For mm-hmm. two whole years, they dragged the whole country through this. They told the American people, twenty-four hours a day for two years, that the president of the United States was a Russian agent, practically for two whole years. And then, now, actual evidence comes and surfaces that the unmasking of Michael Flynn, and we know that his name was illegally leaked to the Washington Post. That's a crime. It's an actual crime to leak that name to the Washington Post. And all of this was done in the furtherance and the trying to breathe life into the Russia hoax in the first place to damage the incoming administration. It's outrageous. But the national news media was invested in telling that storyline the whole time. Do you think the Washington Post, which printed Michael Flynn's name in the first place, is now going to write a story about what a dastardly act that was? Of course not. Of course no. not. You'd be asking them to write stories about themselves, and they're just not going to do that. Well, uh, we've got about a minute left. And the president's been all about getting rid of regulations uh, that get in the way of doing business. He slashed a few today, didn't he? Yeah, look, this is one of the president's big things, and I don't think it gets enough attention. They're getting the regulations and the red tape from around the throats of the men and women who create jobs in this country is really one of the ways that the economy got roaring. Getting government out of the way of people who create the jobs. And that's why people, people in Western PA especially should be aware of Joe Biden and the Green New Deal. He's embraced the Green New Deal. He's got AOC working on his campaign. She's pushing the Green New Deal. That means death to the fracking industry, death to the natural gas industry. And, you know, let's not forget Joe Biden's vote for NAFTA as well, which shipped a lot of union jobs to other countries, hundreds of thousands of them. And so I think the, the, the choice is going to be clear. you got a president in the office right now who will cut taxes, keep taxes low, get regulation out of the way of businesses, versus Joe Biden, who would raise taxes and shove the Green New Deal right down everybody's throat. Tim, see you in two weeks. Thanks a lot. We're out of time. Bye. Thanks, Thanks, John. All right, bye. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRostra. Full day on Capitol Hill today. President Trump meeting with Senate Republicans over lunch to consider next steps in the coronavirus response. Vice President Mike Pence and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin huddled with 
Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and House GOP Leader Kevin McCarthy. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell told the Senate Banking, Housing and Urban Affairs Committee the central bank's lending programs for medium-sized businesses and state and local governments will be operational by the end of this month. During a White House meeting this morning with farmers and ranchers from around the country, President Trump announced the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, a $19 billion initiative to support the nation's agricultural producers and suppliers. And the Department of Health and Human Services awarding a $350 billion four-year contract to Virginia-based biotech company Flow Corporation to manufacture coronavirus drugs and other essential medicines. This is SRN News. Stock market is tanking. Unemployment will likely reach an all-time high. Experts are saying the worst is yet to come, but what we need now is a solution. We have Colin Plume, president of Noble Gold, for some advice. What can Americans do now to prepare for a financially secure future? It's time to invest in assets that are sure to maintain value through any economic disaster, such as gold, silver, and other precious metals. Holding shares in companies that might not be there next year doesn't make any sense to me. And the markets are made up of hundreds of companies just like this. Take a look at the Dow Jones from 25 years ago. There are less than a handful of companies that have survived the test of time, such as Kodak and Westinghouse. But the precious metals market is not only surviving, it's thriving. That's encouraging, Colin. But how do our listeners, especially ones without financial savvy, explore the best strategies for their specific needs? And do we even have gold left? I heard there's a shortage. We have helped thousands secure their investment and ready to help more. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. Dan Proft believes people just want to be heard. The pandemic is a story not only about our health, but also our humanity. And when you uh, compel the unification of opinion, you achieve only the unanimity of the graveyard, as Supreme Court Justice Robert Jackson famously observed. And you treat uh, people who've always played by the rules, who are operate in good faith, who are considerate as the enemy. The Dan Proft Show. Weeknights at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. The Allegheny Institute's research, education, and advocacy have steadfastly worked to defend taxpayers and businesses against the inefficiency and intrusiveness of ever-expanding, burdensome government since 1995. And this year, Greater Pittsburgh's trusted source for sound public policy analysis is celebrating its 25th anniversary. Join the fight today by making your tax-deductible contribution at AlleghenyInstitute.org. That's AlleghenyInstitute.org. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy & Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. This is John Samick, owner of ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employees need when you reopen your facility. Contact us today. Demand the yellow van. Service this is John Samick, owner of Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. We have developed a comprehensive facility reopening guide for businesses preparing to re-enter the workplace. Visit servicemasterofgreaterpgh.com to download yours today. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPG Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the PA Turnpike westbound, look out for ongoing construction in the right lane between Pittsburgh Monroeville and Allegheny Valley. Also westbound, the right lane between Cranberry and Beaver Valley. We've got an accident also in Washington Place at Center Avenue. William Penn Highway inbound. Construction in the left lane. A paving project goes till 9 o'clock between Vincent Hall Road and the Parkway East. A minor delay there. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250. The answer. Weather. Tonight. Breezy this evening. Otherwise overcast with a low 47. Mostly cloudy skies tomorrow, quite breezy with a high 64. Tomorrow night, mainly cloudy with a low of 48. A few showers on Thursday, 
Rather cloudy skies with a high 68. Friday, mainly cloudy with showers and a thunderstorm and a high 70. If you're accurate with the forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, I don't think there's anybody left who, uh, who doesn't think that the Obama administration spied on Michael Flynn. The Democrats might use the word uh, surveilled, but it's obvious that they went after him. But the Ohio Star, that's at Ohio Star, theohiostar.com, has an exclusive story today by Neil McCabe that says the Treasury Department spied on uh, Flynn, Paul Manafort also, and the Trump family. And Neil joins us now. Neil, thanks for being here. Uh, John, great to be with you, man. So here's the thing. Um, this is an exclusive, okay? So uh, what, what, it makes me wonder, since it's an exclusive, uh, we'll get to what the, the details in a minute, but why is this new, and why is it a big deal, and why, why, has it, why is it uh, not known by anybody else yet? Well, uh, more than a year ago, I started talking to someone close to the whistleblower, who uh, actually didn't give me his real name and sort of gave me the outlines of uh, what the whistleblower was going through and what they had seen. And uh, she just was extremely hesitant to come forward. Uh, I think you can, I'm sure many of your guests have told you the same thing that her lawyer said, just be quiet. Don't talk to the media. And, uh, and now she just, with the news of uh, the unmasking and everything else, She's uh, she's done being quiet, and uh, she's okay. done she's done the official paperwork to with the Office of Special Counsel, which is a a permanent office set up to handle whistleblowers separate from the Robert Mueller probe. And she's also went through the Treasury IG. Uh, the two names that are included in her paperwork are Paul Manafort and Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. And so when I asked her, you know, are there other names? She said yes, but because they're not part of the, she's not. She can't just release them on her own because they're not part of her paperwork. And so that's when I asked her, did it include the most senior people in the 2016 Trump campaign? Yes. Members of Congress? Yes. Uh, members of the Trump family? Yes. And you can imagine, uh, you know, a, a, any reporter listening or anybody who just has a, a, a curiosity about things, if you have the opportunity to look into people's financial records with impunity, anyone in the country, uh, you know, why wouldn't you do it, maybe, you know? Yeah, so uh, so she was on the inside, the whistleblower, and uh, yeah, there's, she, there's, she saw things going clear, on. And, yeah, yeah let, me just, let me just lay it out, um, that the, the Office of uh, Intelligence and Analysis mm-hmm. was doing the actual, those personnel inside that office, which is sort of a, it's sort of a clearinghouse for when intelligence agencies and Congress and other parts of the government want uh, sort of black box type requests that come in to Treasury. That's where they go through. This person, because she was a senior advisor in uh, an affiliated office, she was able to see the metadata. So she saw the names. She saw the dates. She saw, you know, the type of things. She didn't see the actual – she didn't see his – you know, checking account or anything like that. She just saw that the names of who was being accessed. And so this started in December of 2015. By March of 2016, she and another whistleblower inside Treasury decided that this, um, that somebody, ha- somebody has to say something because uh, it's wrong. Wow. So, so um, and this is a big deal because it's, it's coming from the Treasury Department, and they have really no uh, authority to do any of this stuff, correct? Right. So the rule is uh, there's, a, there's an executive order. It's uh, called EO-12333. It's uh, mm-hmm. 12,333, and that governs sort of electronic and sort of spying or surveillance of, of, uh, here in the U.S. And Part of the uh, sort of enabling regulations that go along with that is that the attorney general and the Justice Department have to approve your guidelines and your procedures, and then you get a letter signed by the attorney general, which then gives you the authority to sort of respond to these requests. And this is departments all over the government. The Treasury has no such process in place, 
And so what happens is not only are they unauthorized because they don't have the attorney general's letter, but also there's no guidelines, there's no log, there's no, there's no nothing. You know, you just log in and, and check it out. One of the things that they would do, according to the whistleblower, is that there would be a black box, which is a classified database. So you could go into this black box database and look up all sorts of information. And then you could take what you needed, and then you could go to a, a sort of a white box or open source intelligence database, and then try to find the same things or find things that will will sort of connect, right, to the things that you learned on the black side. And then when you find what you need on the white side, you can then go forward and saying, oh, I didn't need a warrant. I just found it on your Facebook page. But you knew where to look because you were on the black side. So it, it, it made it look like you stumbled upon it and uh, you didn't, you right. didn't uh, do the dirty work. It's called parallel yeah. construction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, uh, so it, it, you're, it, this, this is a whistleblower, so there has to, she has to uh, at some point blow the whistle, and somebody has to hear the whistle blowing. So uh, who has she told, and what have they done about it? Well, you know, that's, that's the old uh, question, John, right in philosophy class. If, uh, if a whistleblower blows a whistle in the woods and nobody hears it, did it happen, yeah. you know? Uh, right, right. It's, uh, she filed, according to her, she and um, she had spent some time in the intelligence community before coming over to Treasury. There was another woman there who also was in the intelligence community. The two of them spoke to uh, the inspector general thinking that that was enough, but it turns out there's a whole formal thing that you have to go through. And so in, Oct- excuse me, in August of 2017, they filed the formal IG complaint, and they also filed paperwork with the Office of Special Counsel that, uh, that basically gives you your whistleblower status. And, you know, I've, I've seen, uh, it's not in this story, but I've, I've seen an email from the Treasury Secretary, excuse me, from the uh, Treasury Inspector General saying, got everything, we'll take care of this very quickly. And, of course, nothing happened. And, of course, John, when you look at what happened with the unmasking memo that, or the, the list of the 37 names uh, that uh, Richard Grinnell released, mm-hmm. you probably looked at that, and I looked at it too, and I was like, oh, why are there seven Treasury personnel on this list? And there was a, mis- there was a meeting, according to the unmasking list, there was a me- meeting December 14th where seven Treasury officials, including the Secretary of the Treasury, uh, Jacob Liu, the deputy secretary, who's Sarah Raskin, the wife of Congressman Jamie Raskin from Maryland, who was on the uh, House impeachment team, they were all on that list for looking at uh, Flynn files. I have no idea yet what happened at that uh, December 14th, 2016 meeting. But then uh, President Barack Obama revised and sort of opened up or loosened the rules around EO 12333 on January 12th, and if you uh, look back at that list of the unmasking, that 37 names, you'll see on January 12th, there's another slew of people who are now looking at the Flynn files, including uh, Secretary of Treasury Liu taking another look. Well, it's, it's, um, uh, it, it's amazing that there are, this is going on. I mean, um, the number of people who are involved in this, and there are, uh, very few, if any of them, are elected to anything. They're just bureaucrats. And and how many of these people that uh, that she went and told uh, this story to are Obama holdovers? I mean, because they it, uh, this was prior to January 2017. Anything she did before that, she wasn't talking to anybody in the Trump administration because they didn't come in until January 20th. Well, the... the uh the, the head of the Office of uh, Intelligence and Analysis was Leslie Ireland, and she had been a briefer for President Barack Obama in the White House for a year, so meeting with him every day, giving him his intelligence briefing, and then he sent her over to Treasury. And then she was replaced by uh, McGlynn, let's see, McGlynn, by Daniel McGlynn, and he was in place until February. He just left in February. So the whole time the, oh, that yeah. Obama holdover was running the Office of Intelligence and Analysis. 
Now, what is the what makes this the, the fact that the Treasury Department is involved in this uh, a little more sinister? I mean, what were they? What what might they have been looking for? That you know, and then what what might the fact that they were in the Treasury Department? What kind of an advantage would they have had for the kinds of things they might have been looking for? What were they trying to get well, on them? Know, I guess is what I'm asking you. Well, John, you know, if I if I see that uh, suddenly there's a hundred thousand dollar payment made against your mortgage out uh, of mm-hmm. nowhere, or if I see, you know, I see all of a sudden there are uh, payments going through Malta, some bank in Malta, there are wires coming in and out. That doesn't tell me there's anything. That doesn't tell me there's anything going on. But that tells me, okay, I got to look up what's going on in Malta. It's um, and so this is this when we talk about you know the fruit from the poison tree, right? You make the illegal search, and then you sort of track down in the white box to see what's really going on. And so, you know, you can learn a lot about people. You just follow their debit card. Imagine if, imagine if you could track somebody's debit card. You'd know when they go to Starbucks every morning. You'd know what uh, concerts they're attending. I mean, you can gather a lot of information from their finances. And and Flynn was the target, uh, mostly, but they also, Paul Manafort and, uh, and yeah, Paul Manafort. people in the... Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, and and the Trump family too. Who in the family? The sons? No idea. Uh, you know, and it's, yeah. it's uh, but you know the other thing about Flynn in December, and this started in December of 2015. Well, 15. you know, Mike Flynn right. was not a excuse me 2015. This is when yeah. it started. He was not a Trump supporter in December of 2015. You know, he joined the campaign later on, mm-hmm. and so the idea that this was somehow a Trump centric investigation goes out the window that it, it now we're finding out especially when we, we have the release of the the rice email this afternoon it turns out <laughs> michael t flynn was the scariest man in the world and we had no idea who i mean we always respected mike flynn but we had no idea how much they feared him yeah and they and and he he had done things that uh, uh had gone against uh, the president obama enough times that uh, President Obama didn't want him around anymore, didn't like him. And, well, right, uh, when he was the head of uh, defense intelligence. And, you yeah. know, remember that Mike Flynn might be the greatest military intelligence general this country has ever produced. He revolutionized military intelligence in Iraq, which made the surge possible. And then he was, he was doing that from a crystal and Petraeus in Afghanistan, you know, military intelligence professionals consider him a genius. He's like their Mozart. And so the idea that you would kneecap a guy who has done so much for this country and is demonstrably the best we've ever produced in his field is remarkable. That, that I didn't know. Uh, we're talking to Neil McCabe. Uh, you can see his piece at uh, theohiostar.com. And it's about a whistleblower who uh, has said that it was also the Treasury Department that was uh, going after Michael Flynn and Paul Manafort and some members of the Trump family. Uh, and uh, so I've got a few minutes left here, Neil. Where is this going sure. next? I mean, when are we going to hear something more about this? And now that this is, is this is your site, uh, theohiostar.com, the only place that has this right now? Well, it's uh, there's a group called the uh, it's, it's the Star Newspaper Group. So uh mm-hmm. We have the Ohio Star, we have the Tennessee Star, we have the Michigan Star, and the uh, Minnesota paper. And uh, these are online newspapers that are sort of focused on state politics, and uh, I'm their national reporter. But there is more to this story. Uh, I think at some point she's going to uh, want her name out there, and uh, when she's comfortable with that, uh, we'll do that. And there's also... There's some other things that she knows about what happened inside Treasury, and uh, you know we'll be putting that story together also. And how uh, how aware is uh, other people in government? How aware are they of her? Uh, people like uh, the Attorney General? Do they know that she exists yet? That she's out there with this? Well, you know, uh, I haven't received a comment yet from the uh, Public Information Office at uh, at Treasury. I did uh, interact with the IG office at Treasury, and uh, they were very helpful, John. They told me to file a FOIA, which is always <laughs> – I don't know if you've ever filed a FOIA before. I never tried, <laughs> no. Not planning to either. 
that's usually FOIA. When they tell you file a FOIA, that that in two fifty gives you a cup of uh, gas station coffee. And yeah. so, you know, it's there are you know it was um, you know it's obviously very sensitive information. It's not the kind of thing that would be tossed around, um, but. You know, I think there's there's more to come out, and I think hopefully, uh, because of the uh, notoriety that Treasury is getting over this, we may see the Trump administration take action on uh, maybe some of the stuff that uh, the previous administration was up to. Hey Neil, I appreciate you being on, and I'm sure uh, this won't be the last we hear from you on this story. I got a feeling you're just getting started on this, aren't you? Or maybe not getting started. Oh, you ain't finished. John. No, it's great talking to you, man. Thank you. All right, man, appreciate it. That's Neil McCabe. You can see the story at theohiostar.com, and it's an exclusive. Uh, The Treasury Department spied on Flynn, Manafort, and the Trump family, says a whistleblower. We'll be right back. Let's welcome Jeremy Camp. Hope comes home with I Still Believe. You can download it now at WatchSalemMedia.com. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine comes the uplifting true life story of Christian music megastar Jeremy Camp. I'm supposed to be with her. I can't explain it. I just know that. Jeremy's hope and faith are put to the test when tragedy strikes. You're going to be healed. What if I'm not supposed to be healed? Don't say that. I Still Believe is an incredible story of musical stardom, the heights of love, the depths of loss, and the healing power of the human spirit. One love can change your life. You chose willingly to walk into the fire with her. That's what love is. Witness the true story of Christian music star Jeremy Camp and his journey of love and loss that looks to prove there is always hope. Starring K.J. Appa, Britt Robertson, Gary Sinise, and Shania Twain. Own I Still Believe on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital now from Lion. At WatchSalemMedia.com. That's WatchSalemMedia.com. Armchair psychologists have tried and failed to throw doubt on President Trump's sanity, but there's a new book that puts truly insane rulers in historic perspective. It's called History's Nine Most Insane Rulers. Author Scott Rank has unearthed the real lives of the nine most mentally unbalanced leaders through the ages. Some suffered from schizophrenia, like King Charles VI of France, who thought he was made of glass. Then there's Ottoman Sultan Ibrahim, the first who practiced his archery skills by pointing his arrows at his palace servants. And how about the president for life of Turkmenistan, who named the days of the week after himself? There's a serious side to all this. Power can be addictive and destructive for those who hold on to it for too long. This book, History's Nine Most Insane Rulers, takes an in-depth look at the toxic mixture of absolute power and insanity. Are insane rulers a relic of the age of monarchs? Get the surprising answers in the new book, History's Nine Most Insane Rulers by Scott Rank. Order it today at Amazon or wherever books are sold. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, they're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of their amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, MyPillow towels, roll-and-go anywhere pillows, duvet covers, Giza pillowcases, bolster pillows, and neck pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. Be sure to use promo code STAG. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with the global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. 
Just go to bamboohr.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com slash HR. That's bamboohr.com slash HR. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, there are a lot of insane stories out there, again, from your government, your local governments around the country. Uh, the mayor, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, governor of Illinois, Pritzker, he's uh, telling people he's going to put them in jail if he catches them, uh, I don't know, not wearing masks or whatever. Um, the governor of Oregon is telling people that they are not allowed to leave one county that is in a lockdown and go get a haircut in a county that's not in a lockdown. Uh, I don't know what she's going to do to them if they... If they do it, throw them in prison, whatever, I don't know. Then there's Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York, who's a real idiot. Here's a tweet from him. Earlier today, the NYPD shut down a yeshiva conducting classes with as many as 70 children. I can't stress how dangerous this is for our young people. We're issuing a cease and desist order, and we'll make sure we keep our communities and our kids safe. That's what he said. Uh, and he also said that it was very dangerous for the kids to be there, and uh, he had to protect them. He was just dangerous. But here's the only problem with that. The percentage of kids who go to the hospital, people with the, from the age of 0 to 18, is 0.001%. It's almost zero. It's almost less than zero. They almost owe points. And this guy is breaking up this uh, this uh, gathering because he's afraid for the kids. He's really concerned about their safety, and it, there's and he, he has said himself that he knows that it's mostly people over the age of seventy who are sick with something else who are being affected by this. But he wants to just throw everybody out of a yeshiva because he's protecting the kids who are in no danger. I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.